monthly connect. These sessions were created to spark action and connect Elevink's ecosystem. We're joined by a live audience and create an opportunity to ask questions to the expert who is joining us. We also share opportunities and we finalize by spending time networking and offering a giveaway. The topic of today's episode is negotiation skills and how to negotiate your salary. For today's session, we're honored to welcome an expert in this topic, Monica Guzman. Monica is an executive coach and international motivational speaker. Her areas of expertise include personal branding, communication skills, and leadership development. Monica is the author of Stop Being a Lazy Leader, a guide for leadership excellence. Her YouTube channel has gained popularity amongst professionals at all levels who want to increase confidence and move up the corporate ladder. Monica's direct yet inspirational style of speaking inspires audiences to strive for excellence in all parts of their life and embrace a good is not good enough mentality. Welcome, Monica. We're extremely excited to have you join us to our last episode of 2021. What a better way for us to close the year after so many opportunities to um, graduate to three classes this year of cohort. And I know that you're very busy yourself, so we truly appreciate you making the time to be here with us. And let's start to get to know you from a personal perspective. We'd like to ask the same question to all of our subject matter experts that join us. Tell us about you, about Monica, about your background, about your career path, and how did you select your career? Thank you again, Claudia, for having me. It's a privilege to be part of your group today. And hello, everyone. Hola, good evening. Happy Friday Eve. I was born in Colombia, so I am a proud Colombiana. I grew up in New Jersey, more recently moved to Georgia with my family. I went to school for psychology and I received a master's from Temple University in counseling psychology. For many years, I spent my time doing psychotherapy with families, with individuals, with children, with couples. But I found very quickly that, that I had also a passion for business for leadership, for trying to figure out what makes people happy and productive at work. I combined both of my passions, understanding human nature with business, and formed my business about 14, 15 years ago, working as an executive coach and motivational speaker. I enjoy what I do because it's all about, as you said earlier, understanding that good is not good enough and that if we want to elevate our brands, we have to do a lot of work. We need to wake up and we need to do what is necessary to be competitive. And so that's the message that I try to get across. I try to do that through my speeches every single day. And at home, I have uh, my wife, Tracy. I have our son, Nicholas, who is three and believes that he is Spider-Man. Uh, and our little dog, Munchkin. So that, that is my journey. That's a little bit about me, the person. And once again, thank you for having me. Oh, I miss those years. My kids are too old now to believe in Santa or to, you know, <laughs> believe that they're Spider-Man, but um, enjoy them. They go really fast. So 
talking about negotiation skills, you know, I, normally uh, Joanna and I do a little bit of the research in regards of the topic. And, you know, we read a few articles and most of them mentioned that it, they include soft skills such as communication, persuasion, planning, strategizing and cooperating. But is, is this true from your expertise? How are these qualities manifested? Tell us more about what is truly negotiation skills and how are they manifested in the workplace or in our lives? Well said. Negotiation skills is really connected to a lot of those soft skills. But I would say that first and foremost, it's about selling yourself. And we're selling ourselves all the time, aren't we? I sell myself to my son when I say you have to go to bed or I'm selling an idea to a client or a partner. I'm selling something to my wife, an idea about what to watch on TV. Negotiation skills is no different. You in that moment are selling yourself as the product. And that's a big mistake people make is not seeing themselves as a business and as a product that must be sold because quite frankly, people don't have a lot of time. They need to know what you're about and what you have to offer very quickly. And you do that specifically through everything that you mentioned, the listening skills, um, communication skills, all of those things. It's really no different, but you have to have at the background, always in the back of your mind, I am selling myself. I am the business of me. And as I've told people and my coaching clients, you are the CEO of your own life. When you're sitting there with an uh, with a, an employer, whether it's a new employer, maybe you've moved departments, even if you've been there a long time, you are in that moment 100% selling yourself and your ideas. Thank you. That's a great point. And I think we also remind that in our courses about, you know, having clarity where our North Star is, who we want to be, but ultimately owning that next step, right? And owning that decision making for to take us where we want to go. And, and I know sometimes it's hard and that's why having a community, having a network of individuals and ecosystem that support us through that journey, it's important. And then we can pay it forward to others. So that's a little bit of the values of, of Elevink. So you've been working with students and professionals, like you mentioned, for many years. What are some of the most common pitfalls, mistakes people make regarding negotiation at the workplace, especially when when it's the opportunity to be a new hire or a promotion and you know we're looking to negotiate our salary? Can you tell us more about that? We make several mistakes and I will tell you what I see the most. First and foremost is a lack of, of confidence or what I call what we call executive presence. When we are negotiating and we just said you're selling yourself, we have to make sure that we're coming across as a subject matter expert. And I don't care if you've been at the job one day or 20 years, you always have to believe in yourself and communicate in a way that sends that message. I am worth investing in. And I will say that most professionals, all, all backgrounds, all levels on all industries, they really struggle in that area. They don't believe in themselves. I have some coaching clients that are 
a bit older, they've been in their field for many, many years, and you'd be surprised they do not believe in themselves. When you are negotiating, you have to communicate using affirmative language, meaning language that is positive, that shows you to be that confident person. I'll give you a few examples. One of the things we have to stay away from is filler words and minimizing language. Filler words such as, so, uh, I think that um, there's no room for that. It makes you sound nervous. It makes you sound like you're not competent at all. What do we do? We speak more slowly, more intentionally, so that we communicate that message of authority. Minimizing language, an example there would be things like, I think, maybe, sort of, a little bit. I just have a quick question, right? Those are all examples of minimizing language that serves to downplay who you are as a professional. Great leaders, great professionals do not speak that way. So when you're negotiating, the last thing you want to do is come across as insecure. Replace that language with some of the following words and phrases. Instead of saying, I think that maybe, you could say things like, I believe, I propose, I suggest, or you could say, in my opinion, starting your sentences in that way will make you come across as much more confident. Another mistake people make when they are trying to negotiate their salary is not focusing on business impact. Meaning, we communicate with other people and we're only focused on what we want to say. We don't really focus on the other person's experience. What are they finding valuable? What do they need to hear you say? If you can position yourself and your ask in a way that is focused on how you can and will benefit the business, that is a step forward in the right direction because that's really what that employer is listening for. What can you do or what will you continue to do for me that will impact my department, my business, my company. It's not only about talking about how great you are, but that other person is listening and waiting to hear really some strong language about things that matter to them, not just to you. So really put yourself in the other person's position. And then lastly, you want to make sure that when you are negotiating, you're using language that is measurable. I've seen a lot of people go into these conversations and they're very vague in their language. Well, I would like an increase because I'm a hard worker. I've been here for three years and, and I think it's time. That's, I wouldn't give you a race for that. Not only are they listening for how your work and your talents are showing impact, they're listening for language that is measurable. So you need to be prepared with that language. Tell me, give me specifics. Instead of saying, I'm a hard worker, why not say, last quarter, I did X, Y, Z, and here's the percentage, here's the stats. I improved uh, the profit margin by 73%. They need numbers, they need to be able to measure what it is exactly that you have brought, are bringing, or will continue to bring to the company. Those are three of the biggest mistakes I have seen. So it sounds like, every one of us should prepare for that conversation that you just walk in one day and say oh, i'm gonna ask for a raise you actually have to go back in your history make sure you have all your data 
Make sure that you understand where the company is going from a strategic perspective so that you can tie your messaging to that future strategy or those priorities and then be able to highlight what you have already done so far. So exactly. that makes sense. And we, we have a question uh, from the audience about do women negotiate differently than men? And if so, how? I will be very direct and honest and tell you that most women, much more than men, struggle with demonstrating that executive presence. We doubt ourselves. It's it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Women at every level. I have coaching clients who are CEOs, executive directors, um, chief financial officers, and you'd be surprised at the things they tell me when they communicate, when they negotiate salary, they still, much more than men, will doubt their abilities. I had a coaching client say to me the other day, she's a CFO, she said, I'm still wondering how I'm here in this position. And I said, what do you mean? I, I just can't believe, this is almost too good to be true. Whereas men tend to not only accept the great things that have happened to them and the position that they're in, but they never doubt themselves. And, and sometimes almost too much, they're at the opposite extreme. We as women need to learn that confidence does not mean arrogance. If you do not go in there and ask for what you want, sit up straight, look people in the eye, be prepared and give what they need to hear, we're not gonna move forward as women. We just simply aren't. We have to get that idea out of our head that we must be super humble, that if we talk about the great things we've done, we're gonna be considered thought of a certain way. No, in 2022, there's no room for that. It's about telling people what you've done, how great you are at it, and how it will impact the business. Yes, I, I know a, a person that has a lot of experience and she actually sits in a board. And uh, one thing she told me is like, listen, when you go and ask for something, you already have the no. The no, you already have it for sure. What you're going is, it's for the yes, for the maybe, or, or maybe you're asking for a 20% raise and they give you 10, right? But you already receive more than where you were before. And that always stuck to me, you know, as something that it, it's so true. Once we're going in there, we, we have a $0 increase until we negotiate and we get to the place where we want to be. So, and if not, at least we help to set those expectations with our managers of like, hey, this is how I think of myself. This is what I expect. If they cannot give it to us at that moment in time, why not? But at least we're already setting that expectation that we do see something uh, in regards of that, um, you know, increase coming up at a certain point in time, right? So I, I think it's important to have those those conversations. It's also a relationship with money and whether we feel that we deserve to be successful and powerful and have lots and lots of money. I think that women are conditioned to believe that when they go to work, it should just be about the work. Enjoying the work, do what you're good at, giving to others, whereas men are conditioned to believe that it's okay. Go be powerful, go get to the top, go make a lot of money. I am not ashamed to say that I am money driven, but I'm also humble and I work hard and I help other people. So ladies, we need to change the narrative. It's okay to ask for more money, to see money as one of the things we value. It's okay. Yes. So one of the questions that, that came through, it's also, 
the difference and i don't know if it's like the cultural differences between the the different coast of the of the country so coast west coast is there a differences between on how to negotiate when we're talking about um, geographical locations in the east coast we too we do tend to be a bit more direct and so because of that it's okay to really uh jump to jump right into the conversation when you're negotiating whereas in the west coast it's true it, in terms of culture people are a bit more laid back they value the relationship building piece a bit more so you want to ease into it differently as opposed to in the east coast it's hey good morning let's talk about this raise what can we do right so a little bit of a difference but not too much at the end of the day you still have to be prepared you need the numbers you need to connect so one other question are there any techniques to regulate our tone of voice when having this conversation so that we can stay calm but at the same time exude confidence please remember that you deserve to take up time and space in any conversation when you're negotiating a salary there's a couple of things i want you to keep in mind and this helps you with your voice number one is the power of the pause meaning you don't have to rush through your message especially if you're feeling nervous take a pause after you make an important point take a pause after you ask a question make sure that you are moving in a way that's slow and steady and i have some of my clients put it on a post it note where they can see it slow and steady power of the pause that will help you to stay calm collected and really showing that confidence that you need to show throughout Thank you. And then last question from the audience and we'll we'll turn into our last question. When a negotiation <coughs> fails and the other side wins, any advice on how to move forward? Let's change the language. Instead of seeing it as a failure, let's look at what you got out of it. So at the very least, it was a win because you put yourself out there. Someone else probably didn't even do that much. So it's not a fail as long as you try. You you practice being able to be assertive, stand up for yourself, ask for what you want. So no such thing as a failure if you actually try. If you didn't get what you wanted, as mentioned previously, maybe you got part of what you wanted. To me that's a win. If you didn't get anything that you wanted, let's say your boss or your employer said, "Sorry, can't do it. It's going to have to stay the same." You could still look at it as as a win because at least now your employer knows that this is how you're thinking that you're not going to just lay down and take whatever they'll give you at least now they know uh-oh this person will come up to me and tell me what they they think it's okay you try again you reflect you talk to a mentor or coach about how that conversation went what could i have done differently try again next quarter and what you need to do there then is figure out what to do differently maybe you need to look at your language again maybe it was your confidence maybe it wasn't up the way it needed to be learn from it try again next quarter don't forget about it just try again thank you thank you so much and in the last question and and i know you already cover a lot of this in regards of the executive presence how to prepare you know um how to um you know use our our body language or our posture to be able to reflect that security but Tell us a little bit about 3 to 5 immediate tips or actions anyone can do to improve their negotiation skills to become more effective and successful. One thing I want everyone to do here in the new year or maybe starting tomorrow is to keep a journal of successful moments. 
I have all of my clients do them and I send them this template that they follow where every single day or every single week you're adding to that journal. We often, especially women, we forget about all the great stuff we do at work because why? We're conditioned to think, oh, it's all part of our job. That wasn't a big deal. Yes, it was, especially if you can use language that is memorable, memorable and measurable. So keep that success log with you. That will help you during these conversations, during performance evaluations, et cetera. That's one thing to do. And then another thing you can do, and this is really, really helpful, I promise. Record yourself speaking on any topic for five minutes on your cell phone. Watch it back and then give yourself some feedback. Take a look at how many filler words you use, whether or not you came across as confident. The more you do this, the easier it'll be to have these conversations with people. So record yourself, watch yourself, keep a log, and you will see over time that you really will start to get more of what you want from your employer. Thank you. And we'll do one more question from the audience and we will finish <laughs> with this. Could we use successful moments when negotiating for a new job? We could, we could. I mean, that's a journal that you want to keep in-house within your own department or company, or, or if you're going outside of your department or to a new company, you can definitely use that. Of course, we want to be careful with anything that is personal. We don't want to share certain things about a company, uh, their numbers, etc. But I'm sure there's some stuff in there that you can use for a new job, a new employer, a new department. You might just have to make a few adjustments to make sure that you're still remaining professional in what you are sharing. But I like that, that that's a great idea. Thank you, Monica. And thank you again for joining us today. Where can people find you? Give us your social media handlers. How can they start to follow you? How can they get to know you better through a social media outreach? My website is monica-guzman.com. You can go on there to find out how to uh, check in with me, how to schedule a meeting if you're interested in coaching. You can also check out my YouTube channel if you want some inspiration, some motivation, some tools around personal branding. You simply go on YouTube, type in Excellence by Monica Guzman. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find there. Monica Guzman. I'm on it every day, as Claudia knows. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Again, just look for me, Monica Guzman. Excellence by Monica Guzman. And then, of course, my book on Amazon called Stop Being a Lazy Leader. What a wonderful way to close us out. Thank you so much, Monica. 